Have you ever gone outside at night and the stars are doing something so awesome? You're just kind of like standing there looking up at them with like your head tipped back and you're kind of like turning and looking and checking them out from different angles. Picture somebody doing that and standing there like looking up at the sky with their arms out to their side and their palms up just like, wow. That's like that posture is what I see when I look at Xinguac, which is white pine. I, I just think that is the way that tree stands. Hello flowers, welcome to this podcast all about plants and Ojibwe language. I'm your host Marissa Lee and I'm here at the heart of Ojibwe country on the shores of Anishinaabe Kichikuming or Lake Superior. I guess pine trees I grew up using the word pine tree as a super generic term for like any conifer, evergreen, whatever, tree with needles on it. And so if I heard pine, I would picture like a Christmas tree shape, like that kind of pointy pyramid cone. And and that's not what a white pine is like at all. That's actually like a spruce or a balsam fir. Um, <laughs> but um, white pine trees or jingguac, it's, um, it has a really straight trunk, and on a mature tree, as they get bigger and taller, they start dropping the lower branches, and the branches themselves, well, compared to a red pine, where, like, the tree has this great symmetry, and it's very, it seems, like, very structured and straight, and then there's, like, perfect round puffs of, like, clumps of needles, but a white pine has waves to it and um like the branches kind of come up a little bit off the trunk just a little like up and then swoop out and down a little and then at the tips they reach up again up toward the sky and the clusters of needles they come in a little bundle of five which was really helpful for me when I was learning how to identify different um different trees and uh and then on those branch tips and all along the branch really the the needles all those needle clusters they also kind of like to me they lay kind of flat like a brush like a fan um like spread out like that they're not in a round ball like on a white on a red pine um and i wonder about the name because that beginning part jing and the word jingguac, that jing part, um, it comes up in other words in Ojibwe Moen um, that have to do with something that's flat, lying flat, or someone lying flat. So I don't know if it's describing the needles or and how um, or how the branches spread out and fill in, kind of in a in a plane or if it's describing the wood itself because the ending that awk or walk ending i think describes the wood um sort of like miskwawak is or you know red redwood or whatever um but it's it's actually that's the name for a juniper tree or people call it red cedar 
Um, so it has that same ending, Jinguac, Musquawak. Um, so I'm not sure what the name exactly means. I just know it means white pine. I live in a little cabin. It's a really long, low cabin. It only has seven foot high ceilings. <laughs> As opposed to most places that have eight foot ceilings. But that's fine because we're short people. And this cabin is surrounded by trees. There's paper birch and red maple and a few sugar maples. And lots of big tooth aspen. And some little gnarly ironwood trees. And uh, lots of red oak. And white pines. And so this time of year when all the leaves are dropped, it's really, it's way more noticeable because there's, there's no other backdrop of green. It's really noticeable how huge the white pines are around my house and especially one that's right behind it. So when you, you're walking up to the house to go inside, there's just this huge white pine like towering over the house. Um, and I, you can even see them from, from the road as you're driving up. My house is up on this ridge over the road. And, um, of course, when everything's green, it all just blends together. But right now you can see those huge pines from far away. And I think that makes it feel like home to me. Up at my dad's house, um, he lives at the end of a really long driveway. I don't know. I bet it's like a half mile long. So it's set really far back off the road. And we used to walk around other places kind of like shooting off the driveway, like up closer to the road or halfway up or whatever. Like, hmm, where <laughs> we, we would talk about having like a family compound up there <laughs> and um, pick out spots like, well, I could I could live here. My brother could live there. And um, the spot that my dad would always point out for me that he thought I should live in was under three big white pines. And I obviously never ended up doing that or living up there but I daydreamed about it enough um that I think I think being under white pines makes it feel really homey to me and there's a link with my mom's home too because a few years ago after um like not long after I moved here because I've only been um where I am um in northern Wisconsin on the shore of the Lake Superior for a few years. And before that, I lived in Duluth for like 20 years. I lived in Minnesota my whole life um, up until 2019. But um, that fall after I had moved, my mom came to visit and um, she brought a little baby white pine home with her that she dug up from my place. And so it's a connection not just back to her home where she's living and now like a, a tree from my place is at her place. It's also um, the house that she lives in. She bought it from her cousins, four of her cousins who are siblings. Um, after her auntie and uncle died because um, it had been their home. And before that, it was her grandparents' home, my great-grandparents'. So I feel like this tree connects that sense of home for me to my family in multiple ways. Of course, at this time of year, 
it's almost Christmas and I'm thinking about presents and gifts <laughs> for people and um and that we receive too and um white pine of course I think a lot of people are familiar with the idea of using it uh for as a tea or some other kind of drink well hot or cold um for immune boosting reasons or there's a story about people getting cured of scurvy by drinking white pine tea um, or pine needle tea and um, I like to steep a tea white like white pine tea really strong and then mix it with fizzy water like uh, mineral water or club soda or whatever um, for a cold drink it's good hot too but um it's it's nice as a fizzy drink that it doesn't need any sweetener because I think it tastes really good all, all on its own and I also um read about a way to make a really nice little fancy kind of if it seems fancy little present um for someone or lots of someone's all at once it's nice because you can make a big batch and then give it away in little containers which is white pine needle salt so you can go out and collect pine needles you don't need a ton if there's been a storm recently you can probably find branches that are knocked down and that might be the easiest way to get them otherwise you have to find kind of younger trees that are going to have branches closer to the ground and you don't need a ton you surprisingly do not need a lot of like branch tips or anything to get enough pine needles to make a decent batch of this salt so i like to um you could pull you could pull the needles off the branch and chop them up but i like to hold the branch with the needle still attached and like cut up the needles with scissors like I'm giving it a little haircut and after I have a nice pile of that I put it in a little like jelly jar and see how much do I have and then put put that into a food processor and then about the same amount of salt or a little more into the food processor just like eyeballing it about the same amount that was in the jar and just like <laughs> and the needles become smaller like you don't have to do an awesome job cutting them up but cut them up some and they, they do get smaller when you put them in a food processor or like a coffee grinder or something like that um, with the salt if you put them in there by themselves it just fluffs them around it they don't get chopped up unless there's salt in there with them and then just put them in a container for a little while and the flavors combine and the needles get preserved in the salt and the salt becomes like it tastes like a christmas tree <laughs> and you could use it on fish or you could use it on desserts like chocolate or shortbread or something kind of plain um yeah it's and a little bit goes a long way so you could give it away in um teeny tiny jars like a little one ounce jar or um a tiny salt shaker um i've seen though you know at thrift stores sometimes they have those little glass 
salt and pepper shakers like you'd see in a church basement <laughs> or a, a greasy diner or those little glass ones. Um, or once at a thrift store, I saw a box of like a dozen or maybe 24, maybe a, maybe a dozen sets. So 24 in total of those little personal, like little one inch square personal salt and pepper shakers that people apparently use at fancy dinner, dinner parties. Like everybody gets their own salt and pepper. Yeah. So you can put it in something really small like that. Um, and if you're thinking, Hey, uh, I am listening to this right when it came out and Christmas is in a couple of days. I don't have time for the flavors to combine to give this to somebody. Um, yes, you do. Because just do it like the day before or day of you're going to see somebody and tell them to wait a couple weeks. And then the anticipation is like part of the gift. They'll like it. They'll like it. <laughs> You could tell I'm a procrastinator. So yeah, um, it, it works. It's fine. Um, and you, I mean, you can, you can like smell it and taste it after even like a day. It's starting to combine, but I think like wait at least a week for it to fully mix together. Um, so there's an idea for a present you can make and give somebody or give yourself anytime. It doesn't have to be for Christmas. Um, that I got that idea from a blog. I think it's called Milk and Honey herbs and I will I'll I'll post a link to that um I kind of described the form of the tree but we didn't talk about the colors so I I compared it a little bit to red pine because that's the other pine tree that's all over here the the only other one that I somewhat see nearby is jack pine but that's like so distinct it's totally different but um compared with a red pine I mean the bark of red pine I guess if you looked at it you would probably say it's gray but it definitely has that red-ish coloring to it from a distance I think it's kind of like a coppery pink undertone and then when you get up closer and see like in between the cracks of the plates and that um it's kind of it's more like that rusty orange of dried pine needles but it's red and then the needles on a red pine are like a bluey green. They're, they're a really cool green. And on a white pine, the trunk is gray. It's definitely gray. And um, it doesn't have plates so much as like furrows. And, and the deep parts of it, the, the cracks sort of. Um, but the deep parts of the bark are darker gray. And you could kind of see like a buff color sometimes on the on the bark but um, it's not red it doesn't have a reddish cast to it and the needles are much more of like a yellowy green um, I mean hopefully they're green green but where where they're bleached out which I I, I don't know if that's good it makes it seem like the tree's kind of unhealthy but they have like a more yellowy they're a warmer green um, and even on a on a beautiful like mature healthy um, big grown-up white pine. I think they still have like a, a warmer tone to them. They can be, even when they're dark, they can be kind of like a dark olive or army green, or sometimes have almost like a smokiness to them. Um, I just think they're the most beautiful, obviously. 
I think probably every plant reminds me of at least one song. And sometimes it's like, why? <laughs> I don't have a good explanation for why um, I link a song with a plant. But with white pine, it's really easy and really obvious. Um, it's a song by Vashti Bunyan. I can't remember the name, but I will link it. I'll, I'll put a link to it. But um, she says, uh, And there's an oak leaf turning green into brown. And there's a pine so proud of her evergreen gown. Looking down, see how fast the winter comes around. And here it comes. Well, thanks for joining me to think about white pine or jingguac or pinus strobus, if you want the binomial. Next week, we'll talk about another plant to honor the return of the sun days getting longer, but also recognize the fact that winter is just getting started. So no spoilers, you'll find out next Tuesday <laughs> what that plant will be. Miigwech bizendayeg. Thanks for listening. You can catch up with me online at mywildwisconsin.org or see the plants I'm seeing by following me on Instagram, where I also post as My Wild Wisconsin. Guik Talk to you soon. <laughs>